Amen. And the guys, amen. Awesome. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you right now, Lord, for this day. We thank you that the tomb is empty, Father God. Lord, as we get ready to just dive into your word, Father God, Lord, we push aside every distraction. We push aside everything that we might be thinking of for later today, Father God. And we just thank you that we're an open heart and that you can just pour and fill us in, Father God. Lord, I thank you right now that every word that comes out of my mouth, Father, is straight from your heart and your throne, Father. I push myself aside. All my opinions and what I think, Father God, thrown to the side because it is your word that will never turn void, Father God. Lord, pierce our hearts with your word in a hundred different ways, Lord. In your name we pray, and we all shout out, amen Amen and amen. Okay, hey, last week, last week we got started. uh, I've heard it known as Holy Week, you know, but, you know, we celebrated Palm Sunday last Sunday, and we were able to uh, just go into the teaching on what that meant, you know. And so when you look at the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you can see the marking of the beginning of Jesus' journey to the cross, all the way to the tomb, to the grave, to the tomb, and to the ascension of heaven. In other words, he ascended on high into the heaven and is literally sitting with our Heavenly Father right now. And so last week when we talked about the Palm Sunday, and he entered into the city of Jerusalem, victory was already there. You guys agree? Victory was already there for him. We had, they had the palm branches waving, and they were laying him down. He rode on a donkey, and he was able to come in humbly, all right, humbled himself in heart, knowing the road he was going to take was to restore God and people and all mankind. Now, we see that in the four Gospels, okay, of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. In other words, we see that in the New Testament. But did you know in the Old Testament, before Jesus was even put on earth, walking this world, okay, in the flesh, physically, that they talked about this event? When you look at Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9, it says this, shout and cheer. I'm going to say that again because no one's shouting and cheering. Shout and cheer. Daughter Zion, raise the roof. Have you ever heard that term before? Raise the roof. No? Okay, I'm the only one. All right, that's fine. It says, raise the roof. And it's message translation, by the way. Raise the roof, daughter Jerusalem. Your king is coming. A good king who makes all things right. I'm going to repeat that. A good king who makes all things right. A humble king riding a donkey riding a donkey a fast forwarding to the new testament matthew 21 7 it says that they brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for jesus to sit on so before this whole event even happened when we look in scripture it was prophesied that the lord the king is coming and we talked a little bit about that last week and then on friday which by the way we had night of worship and it was an amazing time we were able to reflect on good friday and even though it was good for us it wasn't such a good day for him cuz that was the day he went to the cross and he gave his life for us while we were worshiping i heard god tell me he's like remind my people i bleed for them Remind them that, that I have bled for them. I know there are times where uh, uh, when I was younger and we did this uh, blood brother deal, we got a cut and we mixed the blood and we're blood brothers. You know, I don't know if you guys ever done that or not. It's probably gross, but as a seven-year-old, it's not. It's, it's a cool thing, you know. We're like, yeah, I got a gash and, you know, battle, you know, whatever, you know, battle, what do they call it? battle scars or battle wounds. 
you know? But there's something behind that. The reason why as a young kid, not knowing this, that, that we were brothers because we, you know, mixed a little bit of blood with you. Now I'm thinking about it. I was like, that's not, it doesn't sound good. But think about it for a second. How much more a father, a heavenly father in heaven who gave his blood, who said, I'm giving a blood transfusion to bring life to you and to me. And so on, on Friday, we were able to reflect and remember what Christ did at the cross. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1, it says, let me remind you, Paul says, Okay, let me remind you, dear brothers and sisters, of the good news I preached to you before. See, you welcomed it in then, and you still stand firm in it now. Going to verse 3. I passed on to you what was most important. Okay, I passed on to you what is most important. There There are important things out there, he's saying, but there's something that's more important. And what had also been passed on to me, that Christ died for our sins, just as the scripture said. Did you know at the cross, when Jesus, on Good Friday, when he gave his life, there was a trade-off? Who's ever done trades before? Maybe as a kid or even now, you, you trade things, right? That day at the cross, there is a trade. And the trade for, for us and from Christ was death and life. You see, because when we were supposed to be the ones taking the penalty and the ultimate wrath, he took it, and the trade was life, life more abundantly. But he says, when you come to me, I am the gateway. What I have done is for you. It really is an unfair trade because it's not based off of what's fair and what's not. It's based off of what was right, what was right to do, and what was love, by the way. You guys here? See, before the resurrection, there was his death. And we need to remember and reflect that because a will can be activated. You know, I have four children. All right, I have a, they're all, their birthdays are coming up all like within one month, okay? So I'm going to have a nine-year-old, a seven-year-old, a five-year-old, and a two-year-old, okay? And on top of that, my birthday, then Mother's Day. So we have a busy, busy two months coming up. Okay? And we do everything we can to invest in our, in our family and our children, and we love them so much. And they understand that mom and dad are working hard in this life to build something for them. Because one day we're going to be gone, okay? And so what we have built together, we know our children, they're going to inherit it. Okay? I mean, our house, our, our, probably our vehicles, what's in the account, uh, 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 what's called retirement, all that stuff. When we're gone and when we're dancing in heaven... Our kids are going to inherit that. Now, let me remind you, when my kids turn 18, they can't just come up to me and say, Dad, can I have the keys to the house now? Can I have the car? No, you're not having that. Can I, can, I, can I get whatever's in the account? No, because the will hasn't been activated. Death needs to happen for that will to be activated. Okay, so that's the reason why Jesus went to the cross to activate a will for all of us. And that will that God is talking about is the promises of the kingdom of life. It's the promises of heaven. It's the promises of earth and what we have here, that we can walk a victorious life even when things get hard. You see, the death, his death is a decisive turning point for all mankind. And because of Good Friday, it marks the day that Jesus said, yes, I want them to inherit what I have. 
Because of the triumphal entry of Palm Sunday, because he endured the cross on Good Friday, we celebrate a risen king today on Easter Sunday. So whether you're, you're here regularly or whether you're here uh, every so often, I just got one message for the church. There is none like Jesus. Look at your neighbor and say, there's none like Jesus. I know a lot of times, don't get me wrong, but I know a lot of times Easter can sometimes mean that, that there's candy and bunnies that we're going to celebrate, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I'm saying the core part of this whole thing that we celebrate is a risen king. Maybe some of us have the nice clothes on or we're going on cookouts, okay? But for us, but for the church, it means death was defeated. It means death was defeated and death lost its sting. You see, we experience a death in the natural, okay? We all have that road that we have to, have to uh, face one day. But let me tell you something. When we come into Christ, it really is just a warm-up lap that we're in. Does that make sense? Because there is a new life coming right after this. And he says, if you don't share the good news about that, then what purpose do we have here? That's why it is so important that we have Christ in our life and what we do. Again, there is none like Jesus. We need to be glad uh, to know that Jesus has the power and had the power and given us the power to raise from the grave. Death couldn't hold him down. Let me share a quick story for you, okay? In 2010, I worked at Gentex, okay? Great company, by the way. And I know there's a lot of companies, but the uh, company I was at, just a great place, a, a lot of people over there that I got to know. But I'm at Gentex and I'm working over there. And by the way, while I'm over there, I see just the ministry itself. Whether you work in a factory or in an office, it doesn't mean you can't do ministry. You can do ministry over there. So I'm sharing, I'm just talking to people, getting to know them, and I have this one lady. I won't say any names, but I have this one lady I'm working with. And she had a belief in a different religion. She's from another country, you know, has been here for years. And, and when she and I were talking, I had an opportunity just to share a little bit about Jesus. But not only that, she was able to share some things to me. I was willing to open my ears and say, okay, let me hear your side. And as we were going back and forth about what the Bible says and what her belief was and what Christ did in my life and what this religion was over here, I asked her one question. I said, what's the difference between our God, my God, Jesus Christ, and the God you, you, you say that is God as well? And she says, well, I don't know. And I said, I think the difference is he's still dead. But our God's alive. And the reason why I share that is because I had the great opportunity to say, hey, do you want Christ in your life? She said, yes. She said, yes. Now, hear me out for a second, okay? I'm, gonna get, I'm getting a little hot up here. I got to take this off. <laughs> I'm just getting started, guys, Okay. When the lights are on you, there we go. Whew. Let me tell you something, all right? When I'm there with her and I'm talking to her, okay, and I start sharing the resurrection power, the difference between any other religion and the, relig uh, and the, and the Christianity that we live in today, there is life in our God, okay? And when I was able to say, hey, let me lead you to Jesus, and when she willingly said, yes, I will do it, Nothing happened at that moment because I knew first and foremost the spirit of God had to come into her heart. So as we're working, as we're moving around, I told her, don't stop working, but let's just pray this out because I knew what scripture said. Call on the name of Jesus and you'll be saved. And I led her to a prayer where she called Jesus out and said, come into my life. 
for the first time in my entire life, and I shared this with some of you guys, for the first time in my entire life, I've never seen a physical transformation in somebody's life. I know people have come out and feel filled and they're gone and they know they're a new creation in Christ because that's what the Bible tells us. That's what Jesus said. But when I looked at her face, I saw the love of Christ go into her heart. This is what she did. She stops working. She looks at me. As soon as we say amen, she looks at me and she says, Jesse, what is happening to me? I am not joking. What is happening to me right now? And this is what I said to her. I said, the spirit of God is making a home in you. You see, because when he was in Calvary, he spilled and he gave his life. He spilled his blood for you. And the veil was torn is what the Bible says. That means wherever God dwelled in one place, no longer there anymore. He's in you now. I go, let that sink in you. This is like 530 in the morning, by the way, because I had to be at work super early. And then my boss calls me and says, hey, I need you to work over here. And I had to leave her. She's in tears, in tears. And I'm like, man, God, what did you do? And I just walk away. <laughs> you know, and, I, and I, I, I'm going to be honest with you, I felt a little bad about it because she's bawling her eyes out. 10.30 in the morning comes, okay? And I'm like, I just got to check on her. And she's working. And I was like, hey, how's it going? How are you doing? I just love Jesus so much. It just keeps going. And I'm like, I've never seen a physical transformation in someone's life because I was not ashamed of the name of Jesus. Okay? Can I get a little comfortable here? I think sometimes I'm just whatever about that right now. Here's the thing. When you get comfortable in the spirit, when you allow God to dwell within you, you are able to do things now. You are able to move mountains. You are able to speak. Any addiction that you think you have is going to fall right off of you because it has nothing to do with your strength. It's all about what God has already did. You see, when we sing that the veil was torn, when we say there's no other name like Jesus, that the tomb is empty, the reckless love he asked for us, and then we walk away with our heads down feeling defeated, what are we really singing then and proclaiming? You see what I'm saying? We need to allow that to sink within us. We need to allow to live that out, not by your strength. But I keep trying. I keep trying. Let me, let me do an exercise with you guys. Everyone stand up for one second. I know it's a little uncomfortable right now. Some of you guys are like, oh, I just got comfortable. Okay? Let's try this. Okay? I want you to try to sit down right now. Go. No, 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 no. I didn't say sit down. I said try to sit down. I said try to sit down. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay, now you guys can sit down. Now you guys can sit down. The reason why I did that quick exercise, the reason why I said try to sit down is because when we try to do kingdom stuff on our own power, it makes us weary or maybe, maybe look a little odd in what we're doing, and we don't rest in the fact that we can sit with Christ. And he says, no longer trying you do. You just come do what I already told you to do. Does that make sense? That you don't even have to worry about trying to look right before me. I have made you right already. That's what the word righteousness means. There is none like Jesus. In Luke chapter 24, it says this. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the woman took the spices uh, they had prepared and went to the tomb. Verse 2. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. 
But when they entered, now check this out, guys. When they entered that tomb, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. I repeat, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes, in clothes that gleamed like lightning were, wonder, or were stood beside them. Verse 5, in their fright, the, woman bowed, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? They asked them that question. Why do you look for Jesus in the cemetery? Why do we look for, for, for uh, other things, dead things to fill in our lives? Is how we can paraphrase it today in our lives. Those angels said, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you at Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. It is his name that we are able to raise up and continue to move forward in this life, this journey called life. It is because of the name of Jesus Christ that we are identified as children of God. That we're able to do this. And here's the thing. When you look at the New Testament, when you read your Bible and you see the journey that Jesus walked on when he was on earth, when he was physically here, he spoke to the multitude of people. I mean, almost every time when he was about to do something to go somewhere, the verses say, and there was a very large crowd. I mean, Check it out. There was a very large crowd. It got so, so much one time he had to get on a boat to back up so he's able to speak. Because crowds followed him. He spoke to the multitude of people. He spoke to the 12 disciples. And Jesus is speaking to us today. Still through the power of the Holy Spirit, through his word and our relationship that we have. And I believe with all my heart there are two things Jesus would ask you if he was physically here. If you were able to go to the Drip Coffee downtown Zealand, okay, and you're and you're have some coffee with Jesus. I believe there are two things he would ask you or say to you, actually. And the first one is this. Don't forget what I did for you at the cross. I'll say that again. Don't forget what I did for you at the cross that day. In other words, he's saying, remember how much God loved you. Remember how far God will go to get you. Remember, his love is endless, and it never, never fails. You, remember what I did at the cross for you. Ephesians 3, 17 and 19 through 19 says this. Paul writes to the church of Ephesus, and he says, I pray that Christ may live in your hearts by faith. He says, I pray that you will be filled with love. Verse 18, I pray that you will be able to understand how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is for you. Verse 19, I pray that you will know the love of Christ. His love goes beyond anything we can understand. I pray that you will be filled with God himself. That one passage that we just read right now. He says that you may live, that you may be filled, that you may know, and that you may understand the love of Christ and what he did on this day that we celebrate. Are we remembering what he did in the cross for us? You see, Jesus left us so much evidence on earth today that we can experience right now. 
He left us the evidence of forgiveness that we can forgive because we've been forgiven. He left us the evidence of our identity. He left us the evidence of a purpose for our lives. But most importantly, he left us the evidence of eternal life. And if that doesn't get you excited, I don't know what does. I know I've looked in other places to get me excited, and it just doesn't work. The Lions won't win for some reason, okay? They just won't win. But this is what I'm saying. Eternity is at your hand. This is what he wants to give you. And I believe if you're having coffee, okay, if you're having coffee with Jesus, the second thing he would tell you is, I want you to be personally connected with me. I want you to have that personal relationship with me. You know, I'm not going to read this whole passage, but I'm going to give you a little bit of homework just to go home and and study out. But I want you to read John chapter 3, okay? And you're going to run into a story of Nicodemus, okay? And Nicodemus was a Pharisee, a religious leader, by the way, who knew scripture, knew religion. But when he encountered Jesus for the first time, He didn't realize he needed a personal connection. And it says in that passage when you read it that late at night, if something's happening late at night, he's trying to hide. He's hiding. He doesn't want want all his his friends to know, I'm going to go connect with Jesus real quick, okay? But it says late at night he went to go meet Jesus, and he asked him a few questions about eternal life. He asked him some questions, and Jesus just simply in love expressed himself and found a way to connect with him he was able to let him know hey you need to be born again and it got to the point where Nicodemus someone who was very intelligent in life even in scripture got confused for a second because he says what do you mean Jesus being born again is, is, I don't think it's possible I'm paraphrasing but I don't think it's possible for a man to re-enter into his mother's womb what do you mean And Jesus was able to explain his heart and what he truly meant in the spirit. And he gave him the opportunity as much as we got the opportunity. He wants a personal connection with Nicodemus. He wants a personal connection with you guys and with me and for those that are around you. Even those people that we think, man, there's no hope for them. I don't know what to do. He wants them. And he probably will use you to get to them as well. You know, when you think about a lamp, the only way a lamp will work if it's connected and plugged into the outlet, right? I mean, without it being connected, it's just a good uh, uh, weight to hold papers down or, or a little decorating thing. But God wants us to be that lamp that's plugged in. So we can continue to shine the light. In John 18, 12, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. Romans 6, 4 says, when we were baptized into his death, okay, we were placed into the tomb with him. In other words, we identify that what he did was in our place, okay? As Christ was brought back from death to life by glorious power of the Father, so we too, look at your neighbor and say, so we too. Now look at the other neighbor you didn't want to look at and say, you too, Okay? should live a new kind of life. So we too can live this same exact life that Jesus has given us. The the same life he walks after the resurrection is the same life we have today. You don't have to wait to see what's going to happen later when I step into eternity. He says you can know 
that you know, that you know you have eternal life. Philippians 3, starting in verse 8, it says, It's far more than that. I consider everything else worthless because I'm much better off knowing Christ my Lord. I'm much better knowing. Paul says, look, everything else really it has a due date and there's an expiration date, but my God, when I know him, that's going to last forever is what he's saying. Continue on. It's because of him that I think of everything as worthless. I threw it all away in order to gain Christ and to have a relationship with him. My question to you guys do you have that relationship with your Heavenly Father? You see, there are times where we might think that we, we have to do something in order for us to uh, get close to God. I mean, there are countless times where I've invited someone to church and let me get my life straight, then I'll show up. But God's saying, no, when you come to me, let me meet you where you're at. I will do the cleaning. Because when we have the other type of mindset, or maybe no families that have the other type of mindset, it's like we're trying to sit down. And how many of y'all know that trying isn't really the answer? Eternal life. He went to Calvary on the cross. He gave his life. He went to the grave, took our place. They put him in the tomb. And the power of God and the Holy Spirit raised him back from the dead. And he walks out knowing it's truly finished. Let's go ahead and close our eyes and bow our head. Again, like I said, one message. There is none like Jesus. You know, we got to worship, we got to pray. But let me tell you something, just because service is wrapping up doesn't mean it stops here and we got to go back to this world of, of confusion and maybe problems or issues. Or maybe it's a good life. I don't know where you're at. But what I am saying is this, that's not going to change, but you can walk out changed. You can walk out changed knowing you are right before God because of what Jesus did. Now, I believe the reason why you're here is because you're celebrating Easter. And the true meaning of this is that you can celebrate Easter, honestly, every single day of your life. Because God wants you to live that promise out. Now, in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, it says, If you believe with your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior, you will be saved. Saved from what? Saved from eternal separation from Him. He says, you don't ever have to worry about that. You will always be with me. My love will never separate from you. You know, there's this concept of we're all God's children. But reality is, no, we're not. We're all God's creation. The moment we come into the family of God, the moment we say yes to Jesus, we have become a child of God. I don't want that to be twisted in your mind. So here's the truth. Jesus is the way and the truth and the life. Jesus is that doorway. In other words, the book of Revelation says it this way. When Jesus knocks and you answer and you let him in, he will fellowship with you wherever you go. But you don't understand the problems I'm going in, my past and my history. Jesus knew that. That's why he was willing 
to do this for you, knowing you needed a savior. So on the count of three, if you know you need Jesus, or you want Jesus, or you want to come back to Jesus because you've known him and you kind of walked away, but it's time to come back home. Remember, he's a daddy with all, all arms wide open. On the count of three, with all eyes closed, I want you to shoot your hand up. One, I want Jesus. Two, I need Jesus. Three, shoot your hand up. God bless you. God bless you. Hands everywhere. God bless you guys. Don't stop. Don't stop. Prayer, prayer partner, stay here. Prayer partner, stay here. Don't stop. I want you to understand at this moment, you have to allow the spirit to resonate in you. I've seen physical transformation in someone's life when they said yes to Jesus. They didn't have a knowledge of the word. They didn't know what was going on. They just were experiencing the love of God. And I believe God wants you to experience that right now. I know there are people here that did not raise their hand that should be raising their hand right now. It's time to give it up. Because true freedom means true surrender. Saying, I'm done with my ways. I want to live your ways. God, I know I'm imperfect, but you made me perfect in Christ Jesus. I'll give you a few more seconds. Shoot your hand up right now. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you guys back there. God bless you. We don't do this because of tradition. We do this because of eternity. Because of what God has ready for you. Now, I, I'm, I'm really being pressed to say this now. I think some of us are feeling empty inside. I think some of us are going through an issue maybe or, or, or holding on to things in the past or I just can't let it go. And let me tell you something. Those things that you're turning to, which you know and God knows, it's not filling you. It'll feel good for the moment, but it leads to a dead end. And God's saying, let me fill you where you're at and watch every dead end go away. Watch every paved street that's crooked straighten out for your life. If you know that's you, I want you to shoot your hand up right now. God bless you and God bless you. All you guys back there, I see you. I see you guys. But most importantly, God sees your heart. One of the best decisions you can possibly make. Now, with everyone's eyes closed, those that raised their hand, I want you to just give me eye contact real quick. If you raise your hand, just, just look at me for a second, just for a little bit. I won't call you, I won't embarrass you. Just look at me, okay? I need you to know something. All of you guys, this time was for you. God knew this was going to happen. God knew it. He said, you are the ones I wanted. We do this because you. You are not forgotten. You are loved. You are wanted. Don't forget that. No more turning to that stuff that you're turning to me for I will give you breath of life he says for I will show you the doorway those doors that you're trying to open on your own stop I will open the door but understand there are doors that will be closed because I know you best I know you best 
God's saying, I want to put a GPS system in your heart. His name is the Holy Spirit, by the way. And when you can, when you feel like I'm losing direction or I don't know where to go, you can turn to that. He says, I'll give you direction. I will show you where you need to go. I will tell you what step to take. I will help you make those decisions for you in your life. And by the way, sometimes you're going to think you know the way, but you don't. For I am the way. And the moment you think I got this, you don't. He's got it. All you guys that are still looking at me, know one thing. I know you're trying to live right for God. And you've been doing it in your own power. You're trying, you're trying. But I'm trying, I'm trying to forgive. I'm trying to let it go. But my thoughts go crazy and I, I don't know what to think and I just can't stop grabbing that. Let me tell you something. When you stop trying, you'll start seeing true freedom. When you stop trying reason in your mind and just trust that he knows what he's doing in your personal life, he says, you will find rest. You will find rest. Now, for those that have their eyes closed, I know you're right with God right now, but let me tell you something. From what I'm seeing right now, there are a lot of hands up right now. Well, not anymore, but they were. I need your backup because you already know that Matthew 18, 19 says, when two or more gather together, he's here. He's present. He's present. And I'm about to lead these people in the name of Jesus Christ and point him to Jesus, point them to Jesus. But I need your help. Will you agree with me and support these people? Awesome. Let's go ahead and close our eyes. Let's bow our head again. And for those that made that decision, mean this with all your heart, but I want you to repeat after me. Say, Heavenly Father, I love you. I believe in you. I know you are the way. I may not have understanding. I may not know everything. And I definitely know I'm imperfect. But I know you are a true and living God. And that you will meet me right where I'm at because you love me. God, I'm sorry for all the wrong I've committed against you. Forgive me. And Lord, according to my faith and your mercy, I receive your forgiveness. New life in me. Holy Spirit, make a home in me. Dwell in my heart. Lead me the rest of my days. I surrender. In Jesus' name. And we all shout out. Amen. And amen. Can I be honest with you guys for a second? I had no idea it was going that direction. I had something, and I'm like, whatever. God, it's your, it's your service. It's not mine. I'll just open my mouth and trust you. And I believe with all my heart there's going to be physical transformations in people's lives right now today. Look, we don't want to just stop here. If you made that decision in your life, and you're like, I'm serious about this. I'm coming back home, or this is the first time I'm, I'm giving my life to Christ. We don't want to leave you high and dry. Who's ever had a high five, and they just like walk right by you? Yeah, we don't want to do that to you, okay? I want to make sure I want to... 
at the top, at the bottom, this bump, the works. We're going to give it all to you. Okay, so we have prayer partners up here. You'll notice these prayer partners up here. First and foremost, if you made that decision, we want to give you something, okay? And actually, uh, um, we need more of these books probably in a little bit. But we want to give you a gift. The, this book is called Your New Life. The moment you come to Christ, there are next steps for you to go through, okay? And we want to make sure we give this to you personally and say, hey, check this book out. We want to definitely help you out to get to your next steps in life. And also, I want to encourage you guys, if you have a bulletin, there's a connection card. This is important for me, okay? I know sometimes like, ah, I don't want to really do all this, a lot of info. No, no, no. Let, let me share, you, share with you why we do this. Because on Monday mornings, when these are submitted, I have a little bit of time in my office where I go through every connection card. And whether I need prayer, or there's an address change, or I'm going through something in life, first and foremost, I'm able to pray. Number two, if you want, I can give you a call. I can shoot you an email. I can say, hey, we're thinking about you. You have a church family that loves you. And not only that, we pass the prayer. If it's a prayer request, we pass it on to a team that's interceding for you. In other words, they're stepping in the gap. When you feel like you can't, I need more support. Who's ever had a broken car? And you're like, how am I going to get it to the gas station or to the side? And you're doing everything in your own power. But before you know it, two or three people get out of a car. They jump out and they push. And what you do is just jump in the seat and you, and you just cruise it. Right? They're getting you to your destination. When you do that, we have people that are ready to push and support and pray and call heaven down on earth. It is important to me, okay? And it's important to God. But it's important to me that we know where you're at so we can give you the next tools. Maybe you have a question. Boom, connection card. Maybe, maybe uh, I just don't know where to go, what to do next. Boom, connection card. Everyone say boom. <laughs> connection card. That's the reason why we have you guys fill this out. It's for me to connect with you guys because we love you. My wife and I, Pastor Danny, Dinah, we, the whole team, Resurrection Life Church, we love you. This is your home. We love you. Again, if you have any questions or just need some prayer we have prayer partners and if you just want to get the free gift come up here in a second when i dismiss make sure you grab a book these guys are ready to serve you let's go ahead and stand and i'm going to dismiss and bless you guys out of here i'm going to bless the socks out of you guys you ready some of you are like i ain't wearing socks jesse well, I'm blessing the sandals off of you then. Okay, Father, I just thank you right now for every single one of these people here, Lord. I thank you that we're able to shout out, you have risen, you are a risen king in my life, Father God. Thank you that we're able to walk out of these doors brand new, changed. Lord, and as we go to our cookouts, as we go to our families, as we eat a lot of chocolate, Father God, let us remember, Lord, that it's been about you and only you, Father God. I bless these people out in the name of Jesus Christ, and we all shout out. Amen, amen. We love you. God bless you. We'll see you guys next week.